Bloody Good Film Podcast! Welcome to a podcast about the only two genres of film that matter, action and horror. I'm your host, Jesse. With me, as always, my Mexa bro, Josh. This is the Bloody Good Film Podcast, and we are back, thankfully, finally, finishing up the Terminator franchise. We are doing Terminator Dark Fate, and because we hate ourselves even more, we decided to do the pilot episode for Terminator the Sarah Connor Chronicles. The Sarah Chronicles would have been a better name. You struggled there. Like you I could, I felt like you. You said you were going to struggle with the bro pun, and you came in with one that thankfully you were here for because I don't think I could get away with saying Mexico bro. But no. uh, you came in with that, and I'm like, eh, it's fine. It's no worse than all the other ones. And then you can't say the title of the movie that we're talking about. <laughs> My impression of you it's at a the end of the TV last show. episode was dead on. It's not even a movie. It's a TV show, a pilot for a TV show that somehow got two seasons. Was it all? I, the Google says this on Sci-Fi. It didn't start on Sci-Fi, right? It was like a Fox property, right? It's Fox. Wait, it, Google says it's on Sci-Fi. Did do reruns on Sci-Fi like Family Guy <laughs> did with Adult Swim? It could I be. I have no I idea. It did a whole run, or it could be like Slider. Slider started out on. Uh, on Fox, and then after the third season, Sci-Fi brought it back, and they're like, "Oh, we're gonna bring it back, but shitty." And Jerry O'Connell, you can bring in your stupid brother, nobody cares about, kind of that <laughs> thing. So I'm guessing the second season is gonna have a drop in quality. Yeah, that's probably a good call. <laughs> I mean, how far can it really drop from the first season? Let's find out, Josh. <laughs> Terminator: The Sarah Connor Chronicles. In the future, my son will lead mankind in a war against Skynet. A computer system programmed to destroy the world. It has sent machines back through time. Some to kill him, one to protect him. Come with me if you want to live. other people had sent back from the future resistant spiders you don't even know who this guy is he's your uncle don't let yourself think that you can train them like a pet she was different she saved my life 
If you pretend not to know me, I might shoot you in the head. You're John Connor. Yes, I am. In Terminator 2, Sarah and John stopped Judgment Day. Or did they? For a moment, Sarah and John thought they could live a normal life. Paranoia makes Sarah upend their lives and go back on the run, which seems to be the right choice because there are Terminators after them once again. Unfortunately, the newest Terminator is a teacher. Luckily, one of John's classmates is also a sexy good Terminator, and she's taking them to the future of 2007 to stop Skynet. That's quite a mouthful for a pilot. <laughs> I am a little confused by some of the animosity I'm hearing from you, because I'm actually, <laughs> I watched this and I'm like, I'm going to finish the show after I finish Highlander. <laughs> I will also probably finish it just because I hate myself, and I decided that if I started it, I might as well put myself through the rest of it. I mean, here, here's my thing with it. The pilot's actually not bad. No. But I have to imagine that the pilot is as good as this gets. Like, they put so much time and effort into the pilot. Like, they put it after, like, a primetime playoff football game, and that's like, this is when we want to show off this awesome pilot episode that we have. Like... There's no way that the rest of the series is even close to this good. I actually am going to disagree. As somebody that has been watching the Highlander show, uh, pilots for shows like this usually are shitty. Highlander TV show, for example, uh, actually had Connor McCloud, the great Christopher Lambert in it. It still is one of the worst episodes of the entire show. And that was them bringing in the production value. This, this I feel, is going to be the same way in where you explore the characters more. And I'm actually curious about the terminators in this one because this one actually does a logical interesting step in that these terminators are different in that they seem to adjust to human uh, uh personalities better like when the teacher terminator comes in he comes in like kind of jovingly like ah, yeah, they could jokes with the students kind of not very good but teachers don't have to be good at jokes nope. and there's that, that kind of thing and then summer glow comes in like looking a little too old to be a high schooler but I, like if i saw her sitting down <laughs> in my class i wouldn't say anything about it uh they got that going for them and she's coming in with the cute girl personality trying to get to know john like these are terminators that are personable which is the smart way to do with the next gen of terminators because they can actually infiltrate better that way as opposed to arnold where he's just like a big bulking guy and you're like he's kind of off and as soon as you know that terminators exist you're going to be able to point him out just like uh, sarah connor did in the dream sequence there was a guy that was clearly an arnold stand-in like yeah that's the terminator <laughs> so it's a smart evolution i think there's something to this i think that they're going to evolve terminator in a way that the movies never could but I actually like Summer Glau. I think she's an interesting take on a Terminator, and I think she works pretty well with our John Connor here. Our John Connor's a little whiny for me. He's a little I WB, kind of whiny and annoying and pouty. Uh, but like, I do like the scene where they're at the gas station after she rescues him and gets him away for the initial point. He's like really down. He's like, man, I thought you liked me. I should, I'm so dumb. I should have known that no one would ever like me, John Connor. And then she kind of like relates with them and gives them the whole story as why. And she goes, oh, I, yeah, I do feel. I do learn. I do adapt. And then she kind of throws a little chip in her mouth. Very like playful, high school-y that fits the character really well. 
Yeah, she's a t- different kind of Terminator in that she'll eat his food and she still won't put out. <laughs> I, I kept waiting for him to go like, uh, so um, do you have a vagina? Do you fuck? You know he was thinking it. Yeah, you could read it. Like That's the one thing that I'm like relating to this guy because he's the, the, an annoying character. They, they do not know how to cast John Connor with the exception of uh, of Christian Bale, but they didn't write him well. That was the only yeah. good John Connor. And actually, Christian Bale pretty much cast himself because he wasn't supposed to be John Connor. So the only good John Connors <laughs> are the ones that thrust the role upon themselves. This guy, I I, I just I, I find him almost as bad as Edward Furlong, but not quite as bad. But it's probably because he's a little bit older. He's still yeah. annoying, but like not his voice has gone down like an octave. He still has a high-pitched teenager voice, but he might even be older than that. So that might be too bad for him. But uh, he's, he's annoying. <laughs> Lana Headley or Lena Headley from Game of Thrones. She looks like she can be a tough uh, character. She's a, she uh, definitely does have TV pretty going for her though. So yeah. she doesn't have like Sarah Connor was not a bad looking woman, but she has like a, a really tough exterior. While Lana Headley looks a little bit like a model. So it, it, you are downgrading your level of Sarah Connor, but I do think she's able to give. A, she's a good enough actress where she can overcome that. Yeah, and she's a really good actress. It's just, it's again, we talked about this when we talked about the last Sarah Connor that we had that wasn't Linda Hamilton. Like, it's just very. (laughs) It's just very difficult to portray Linda Hamilton like you would assume you would want her to be or how you would expect her to be. And again, this is another one of these Terminator sequels that just pretends that terminator 3 doesn't exist and picks up right where terminator 2 left off so like we're coming out of the most badass that we've ever seen lindell hamilton like this is sarah connor at the very end of t2 murdering terminators and just being an overall badass throughout the entire movie and then we get to cersei here and she feels like just a mom to me like i understand she could be badass i've seen her be badass but she's very more uh, nurturing than she is badass, at least in the pilot. I'm sure that develops into something, or you would hope it des- develops into something. But for me, it's very much a TV mom and not necessarily TV Sarah Connor mom, if that makes sense. I actually like what they did here because they do think they'd stop Judgment Day. They're not doing the bullshit. Uh, well, they're ignoring the bullshit third movie where she got cancer and died off screen. They're mm-hmm. showing like a Sarah Connor and a John that thinks they've survived, that thinks they've beaten the machines, and she's letting her guard down a little bit. She still uh, decides to lead Dennis Duffy from Thirty Rock on the whims of a dream that she <laughs> had, and it ends up being right because in uh, in movie TV world, dreams always mean something. Freud would love living in television, <laughs> but uh, so she goes out on the run and, and leaves them behind. But I like the idea that. For a little while, they tried to pretend that they can have a normal life and actually live. But then, like, paranoia, justifiable paranoia tells her that she can't do that. And it, yeah, obviously, I said justifiable, so I don't need to go any further. It ends up she's right. (laughs) And I I do like the actual, like, pacing of the show because there's a good bit of action in it for being only, like, a 40-minute trailer. I like the other Terminator that we have. Or 40-minute uh, pilot. Same, same general concept. A pilot's just an extra long trailer when you think about it. Uh, no. But I like the bank scene. Like, the bank scene is really cool. I like when they, the, our good Terminator, I guess is the way to put it, basically holds the bank up, gets the robbery started so they can get locked in the vault, and 
that's when they start putting together all the technology that's been there since the bank was built back in the 60s. And then you have the other Terminator come rolling in, all beat up, just walking by the cops. And my favorite part of the whole thing is when he's looking at the cops that are waiting to storm the bank because there's a bank robbery. And he's like looking at their weapons and assessing everything with his Terminator vision. And it just says threat level. And he looks at it, it says none. And he just walks on by him. Like, that's great. It's a pretty good little intense scene as he's trying to get into the bank while they're building this gun and she's trying to set off the time machine and everything like that there's a lot going on in this little 40 minute uh i can't think of it pilot Pilot is a word pilot Pilot. i can't still a trailer there's one interesting thing that the pilot did bring in that should change things i wonder if they'll address it in later episodes but the teacher terminator who ends up being the big bad of this uh, episode has a gun implanted in his leg now, we yep. know that Terminators are uh, cybernetic organisms with uh, mach- like human skin and like muscle over their, their body, and that lets them time travel because of the machine parts are covered. Why the hell can they not bring a plasma rifle or something from the future as long as they <laughs> embed it in their leg like they showed that guy did? That should be easy, and that would give them such a huge advantage because then – uh, the, it'd be harder for like a time traveler or regular human time traveler from the future to come back with that kind of thing. So Kyle Reese would still be fucked. And then Terminator's just like, I got plasma rifle. You're fucking dead. Or Summer Glau <laughs> could do it, I guess, but she's, she's smaller. She can't bring us the level of machinery that uh, the teacher Terminator could do. It would make sense if they were able to bring future technology in, in their bodies. And I'm wondering if this was like them leading into that happening later on in the show, which it's weird that we're uh, we're trying to make uh, guesses on what happens on a show that's already ended like 10 <laughs> years <plus>. ago. <laughs> yeah, I didn't realize how long ago this show came out. I remember like when it came out, but it just seems so much longer now. It it piqued my interest. And and I guess that's what it's supposed to do. It was enough going on. I like the the aspect of them working together. I like them as a team for the most part. They are a little annoying to me. But I'm interested enough about their character development and how they're going to work together. And I'm also just kind of curious all the different Terminators that they're going to throw at them. Because you got to imagine there's different Terminators. We're not going with the same teacher Terminator the whole time. So I would like some different iterations, some different, you know, attitudes with some Terminators. And I think that in itself, just three people v Terminator each and every week should have been enough to at least make a decent show. I got to say one pet peeve that and it happens pretty much in every single Terminator movie, but it's definitely dumb when it happens in this one with these Terminators that are able to like pretend to be human. Why do they always do the Michael Myers head tilt whenever something weird happens? They're yep. machines. That's like, they're not trying to figure things out. They understand it. Like it happens in the fight with Summer Glau and teacher Terminator, what I'm not going to try to get his name for. Like she grabs onto him and then like, she's like, Oh, you're heavy. Like, yeah, you know, Terminators are heavy. You're a Terminator. <laughs> And then, and then she bumps it into the wall. But you see the head tilt, like, come on. That's not happening. There's no reason for that. There's no processing. And, like, the rest of the time she's acting all human. Like, But I guess in battle they go, Terminator face, head tilt. And they all do it. And it's I, it, it doesn't make them seem more machine. It seems like they're trying hard to act like a machine. Like, John's watching. I want to get confidence that I'm a machine and I'm going to kill this guy. She's just trying to prove that she's just as machine as the other Terminator. She doesn't want to give him any sort of inclination that she might be attracted to him in any way. (laughs) 
I wonder if they fucked. They got to fuck. Data fucked in Star Trek The Next Generation. So there's got to be some kind of fucking in there. I, though, I hope it's not him. I hope it's Dennis Duffy finds him and fucks Summer Glow. <laughs> Just because I can, I can tolerate his character much better. <laughs> his limited character that he gets. I love when he, he shows up and he sees her on the TV naked because they all teleported back to 2007. And then his wife's walking down the stairs, and he's like, yeah, 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 in a minute, as he's staring at naked Sarah Connor on the news. And then just fades to black, and you just hear... <laughs> it took me a second. I thought you were giving it a standing ovation, but I guess you might be, but maybe a different guy. <laughs> I, I, I prefer to sit. I'm not, like, that active. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Is there anything else we need to talk about? This was just, like, a, some filler to throw in because uh, we ran out of Terminator movies because for some reason you picked Terminator 2 as your favorite action movie of all time. Uh, yeah, because it is the greatest action movie of all time we'll get to our rankings at the end of this episode but it will not be number one for me are you ready to rate terminator sarah connor chronicles the pilot sure yeah yeah not the whole series we only watched the first episode (laughs) if you guys want more go ahead uh rate us on itunes share this episode around and if it gets popular or if we get a lot of requests for it We'll, we'll go back into sarah connor chronicles and give you our uh, our ratings on the whole thing but if you guys don't say shit we won't say shit. We'll act like we never even heard of Sarah Connor Chronicles. But we'll call it the Edward Furlong Chronicles just to fuck with you guys. Uh, I don't know where I'd I'm watch going. that. Uh, no, nobody would. Uh, Jesse is Terminator, the Sarah Connor Chronicles, a bloody good TV pilot. <laughs> I'll tell you what. I enjoyed watching 40 minutes of this movie way more than I enjoyed watching 40 minutes of a lot of the rest of the Terminator franchise that we've done. Uh, it's interesting enough for me. Uh, it piqued my interest enough to want to watch it. I don't know why I didn't watch it when it came out initially, because I do love Terminator, despite a lot of these movies being awful. And I remember the show, but for some reason, there's something about it that didn't grab me, because I've literally never seen it. I either watched this episode and forgot it existed, or never watched it. So it intrigued me enough to want to come back to it. The action in the pilot was good. There's enough of it. You saw Terminators fighting. You saw them breaking into a bank and then locking themselves in a vault. We got time travel. Like, it's got everything in theory that would make for an entertaining show. Uh, As long as it doesn't take itself too seriously and try to do too much. And as long as our John Connor doesn't get too annoying. Because it was only 40 minutes. But, man, he's whiny. He's pouty. He does everything that I hate. And I can't those be shows. the hero you wanted me to be. Mom, make the Terminator stop. And then our badass, <laughs> our badass Sarah Connor's like, sure, baby. And like pats him on the back and gives him a hug. It's not necessarily the characters that I would hope for, but I think there's a lot of room to grow and build. I think it could be a good series or at least a decent series. But for the pilot in and of itself, it's a, I, I think I'm going to give it good. It was it was a good enough trailer that I or a good enough pilot that I want to watch it. What is wrong with you today? Are you okay? I don't Do you know. need to go see a doctor or something? We can <laughs> pause. Your your health is more important than this podcast. Uh, <laughs> you were making I fun of my beer because it was so light, but I, so that's clearly the issue. Yeah, now I now I think it's water and you need to drink more of it. <laughs> I know why I didn't watch this when it first came out. I had a prejudice against TV shows that were adapted from movies. It's why I never watched Stargate SG-1. It's why I never watched this. And it's why I held off on Highlander for as long as I did. But when I was going into this, I was like, you know what? Highlander is starting to become one of my favorite TV shows. I might have to change my mind about that 
that nonsense that was in my head about it. And uh, this was fun for the most part. There are issues, but it's TV. It's TV 2000s where, well, actually, I can't say that because the greatest TV show ever, 24, was still going at this time. And <laughs> that, that, that has never been taught. There's some little issues here and there, mostly of John Connor sucks. And I hate yeah. the Terminator head twitch thing. Don't if, if she's doing that all the way to the last episode, I will throw my tablet through. Uh, well, I'm usually watching it at the gym, so I'll throw it into somebody's back. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it's mostly good. It's mostly entertaining. It, the effects are about as good as you can get for television. But like the bloody leg when he was pulling the gun out looked pretty cool. So there are not yeah. there are some good effects. Just the Terminators themselves. If you see a Terminator exoskeleton, looks awful. Oh, yeah. And uh, unfortunately, when there's time traveling uh, nudity going on, it's television, so you don't get to see it. So Summer Glau, unfortunately, does not show anything. Neither does Lana Headley. Uh, yeah, uh, it's a bloody good TV pilot. I'm definitely gonna check the rest of it out eventually. Probably after either finish rewatching season seven of Twenty Four, which I'm in the middle of, or <laughs> finishing Highland. All right, on to the main event. We came here for. Terminator movies, not Terminator TV shows. Well, I guess we did technically come for both, but you know what I mean. Terminator Dark Fates. Talk. Talk fast. Who first? My name is Sarah Connor. August 29, 1997. It was supposed to be Judgment Day. But I changed the future. Saved three billion lives. Enough of a resume for you? No. You may have changed the future, but you didn't change our fate. You. Never seen one like you before. Almost human. I am human. Just enhanced. Why do you care what happens to her? Because I was her. Sarah! I can see you're very upset. I'm going to help you protect the girl. because of me if you don't make it everybody dies expect a big pain brother the whole body's a weapon sorry when this is all over I am going to kill you I understand I'll be back.
In a scene out of my fanfiction, John Connor is gunned down by another Terminator shortly after the events of T2. Luckily, it's a Terminator from a defunct timeline and Skynet is no more. Bad side. Other machines take over and they sell the Exorcist, naming themselves Legion. These machines are time traveling after a different hero, Danny. And Sarah and an augmented chick from the future are tagging along. How happy were you to see the Edward Furlong child murdered? Honestly, and this is going to sound surprising to everybody, it was when I knew I hated this movie. It was like immediately they came in and they're like, James Cameron made two movies that are considered absolute classics. Let's do a big fuck you middle finger. To, I know James Cameron helped with this movie. Let's do a big fuck you middle finger to everything that we saw in the first two movies. And so much of this movie just feels like a middle finger to the first two movies, which if you're going to come in with a middle finger for the first two movies, especially the first movie, you better make sure that your movie is goddamn amazing. And I do not think that they passed that hurdle. So yeah, I don't like Edward Furlong as an actor, but I like what John Connor represented. And then they shit all over John Connor. And uh, basically Kyle Reese sacrificed himself just to have sex one time for something that didn't even matter later on. <laughs> yeah, the, the timelines are a little weird, but... I'm going to go out on a limb. I actually don't hate this movie at all. Oh, fuck I, you. <laughs> like, you said it spit all over uh, Terminator over. 1 and 2. Oh, shit, shit and spit. Did it both. Um, all over the first two. And I think every movie in this franchise after those two does to some extent. It doesn't reach the levels that Rise of the Machines does for me at all. Like, there's some things that they do that bug me a little bit. But there's nothing in this movie that I feel is outright disrespectful. I mean, killing John Connor is a pretty ballsy move right off the get-go. And you got to be pretty confident in your filmmaking to think that you can make a completely new story that's different enough that allows you to kill John Connor. And for the most part, you know, aside from a few complaints, I think they did a good job at making an entertaining movie. Uh, I, I will say this. I don't think Rise of the Machines shit all over the franchise as much, but it was boring it. and like innov- not innovative. While this one actually does have a sequence or two that are entertaining, so it might like technically rise to a slightly better movie than Rise of the Machines, but this movie shit all over the franchise, and it did it a lot. The fact that they had to make it such a big in-your-face moment against Sarah Connor when they're like, wait, Danny isn't the mother of the future no 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 that's bullshit we are going to have danny is the savior of the future which at least if they were gonna do that hire a woman that is not four feet tall to do it because i'm sorry i I have nothing against badass women saving the future linda hamilton badass danny is four feet tall unassuming when they see the future flashback with her and she's trying to be tough I'm like, sit down, little girl. Adults are talking right now. <laughs> like, no way that's happening. It's just, she's not, also, they forgot to write Danny. Like, I, it felt like they got through all the scenes, and I kept on forgetting that she was there. Like, maybe they <laughs> gave her something to do here. She's not the savior of humanity. She barely even registers in this movie. Like, the 
it's that part's bad. They could still have her be the savior. There's nothing about it. But the fact that they seem to throw it at Sarah Connor, like, yeah, unlike Sarah, who was just the mother <laughs> of the savior of humanity. Like they got, they got to demean all the mothers, which like motherhood's a choice. People can do that. And it's still like admirable. Also being your own person is admirable. They could have done it without shitting on the other. They could do both. But the way they did it seemed to be shitting all over Sarah Connor, who is the most badass character in movie history. The fact that they went out of their way to go, yeah, she's a fucking mother. That's fucking loser shit is weird. I know James Cameron gets criticism because uh, Sigourney Weaver and Aliens uh, also had the mother figure thing. So it is a trope that James Cameron falls into that he needed to break out of. But you can also update it for today without shitting on what happened before. The issue I have with Danny's character arc is it's not really an arc at all. Like you get obviously her initial story. Like she, we find her and we see, Oh yeah, she cares about her dad and her brother. She's responsible. And then for the next like hour of the movie, give or take, she's just there. She's not doing anything to advance her character in any way, shape or form other than be with, Linda Hamilton and uh, the other cyborg chick. Can't think of her name. She's strangely heroic early on while original uh, Sarah Connor is going to be, she was kind of scared for her life. This one, like she's risking her life for Sarah Connor, who she has not known for more than a day. Sometimes in the (laughs) movie, like hours she's known her and she's immediately like, "Uh, we got to stay for Sarah. And the augmented chick is, is grace, which I already, I'm going to go into my beef with her character uh, later on. But like, I I think the idea, I have no problem with them. If if they were going to do this, this rat of like shitting on, uh, on, uh, John Connor and Sarah Connor's story, they needed to move on to a completely different timeline entirely. Arnold should not have been in this movie past the opening sequence. Sarah Connor should not have been in this movie past the opening sequence. They should, and there was talk of moving on at least away from Arnold, which would have made a lot more sense. I, I have issues that we'll get to with Arnold when he comes into here. <laughs> and I think that would have been a more clever way. Plus, if they did not have to work around Sarah Connor and T-800, they could have had time to develop Danny into an interesting character instead of just Danny into a character that's like, oh shit, we got to throw her a line every once in a while. Well, like, the thing with her is, like, she starts off kind of heroic. You see where where you, where she's coming from, and then she gets to the part of the movie where she's useless. She's just there. And then it's, like, near the climax of the movie, it's just, like, all of a sudden, she has all of her agency, and she's just, like, this total badass. Like, we go from point A to point Z, and we have nothing in between that shows, like, any growth or any self-awareness or anything like that. That's my problem with her character. Like, you know, you mentioned her small stature. She's a Latina, so a five-foot Latina is scarier than any six-foot woman that you can find and i will vouch for that um she at the end of the movie finds her agency and i actually enjoy like her strength you know when she has to see her her friend die grace her cyborg buddy that was sent back to to save her like when she's you're forced reading to be on the grace one. wrong and i'm gonna tell you why uh, some fucked up things that happened with grace but go on go ahead no no but I'm, I'm just saying if you see where they were trying to get with her point and by the end of the movie you see her being someone that could potentially turn into a leader of the resistance and i have no problem with that it just felt cheap it didn't feel earned throughout the rest of the movie honestly if if they had built up her character i would excuse the fact that she's a tiny woman and she seems adorable but they didn't build up her character so it never (laughs) became believable for me like if you see sarah connor at the beginning of the first terminator 
you don't believe that's going to be the leader of the resistance. And then she rises above it. I don't think Danny has ever risen above it. So if Sarah Connor <laughs> just was like the entire movie was just like, I'm badass for no reason. I'm a waitress, but somehow I'm thrust into this insane scenario with people trying to gun me down, but I'm kind of okay with it the entire time. That would be, uh, I would not believe Sarah Connor as the badass that she is, but she grew from it. She went from a scenario where she was fish out of water and grew into it. Danny doesn't feel like she's growing into it. She seems like she's taking it in stride. Everybody feels like they're taking everything in stride here. Grace. Uh, I, I already said the first movie that did it is the only one that did it right with the, who they're sending back because man versus machine is the most interesting dynamic. Kyle race Grace actually has an idea that could work of she's has she's like a machine in many ways but they don't do anything interesting with that i think they, they show her get uh blown apart and she's like make me into augment so i could do shit like it should have been thrust upon her she should have woken up and like find out oh my god i'm this whole, i'm what i'm trying to kill i have become the machines instead it's just like i can do cool shit now all the time and i'm badass and i slap people all the time and like <laughs> it's, there's nothing interesting about her like occasionally she gets like tired when it's in, where actually it seems to be most convenient most of the time it's after the action sequences are simmering down she's like now i need to get my insulin shot so she's basically got hyper diabetes is what it seemed like and uh <laughs> i don't know that doesn't her character doesn't interest me that way but what's fucked up and what I was talking about while you're getting bad reading, she wasn't just her buddy. She was like a surrogate daughter to Danny. And it seems very weird that they're going to have the surrogate daughter get sent in by the surrogate mother to go save her own ass. It'd be so fucking weird if John Connor was Kyle Reese's daddy. He's like, go save my ass. Instead, it's, <laughs> it makes more sense. It's the other way around. So he can... He, he already has, has feelings for John. He's looking up for him. It turns out that he gave birth. He, oh, not he didn't give birth, but he helped uh, bring John into this world. And so he's like, yeah, she's like, yeah, you, you're basically a daughter figure. Uh, every, every parent's worst dream is living past their kids. Every parent wants their kid to die before them. And it, I'm being sarcastic. So it's kind of <laughs> fucked up that she's sending Danny back to save her own ass. And her, and she's got augmented stuff that they do nothing with it, uh, with their character other than like, oh, I'm going to be badass. She's believable as a badass because she's tall. Tall people can be believable <laughs> badass. She's really tall. <laughs> but but they just, her character's on nothing. She's has nothing. She's coming from the future where there's war and shit. And everybody except for Michael Bain understands that war is going to give you some kind of PTSD. And she comes back. I'm coming from the future, badass all the time. I might not understand GPSs very well, but I'm badass 100% of the time. Here's my thing with Grace's character and what could have been her realization that she's now the thing that she hates. That is a very overly used trope. And it did not bother me one bit that she wasn't having some big self-awareness issue with, oh my God, I'm part machine now. I hate this part of myself because... There's really no need for that in this movie. Like, we, we didn't really need it. We didn't need any more exposition. We didn't need any more inner feelings. If they didn't have time to give it to Danny, they weren't going to develop any other character. And I can live with that. It was fine. I like her willing to sacrifice herself. She just wants to keep fighting the fight. And for some people, that's it. For some people, their duty is more important than anything else. And she didn't care what it meant that she had to do or what she had to become as long as she could keep fighting the fight and doing her duty, that's fine. 
both are You're tropes. Like- Either one is acceptable. Like the, there's no need to add more inner conflict and stuff like that in a Terminator movie where you're already not developing all the characters because you got to bring back the old characters. They could make the stupid action sequences, which after the freeway chasing, they get stupid and like idiotic. They could trim those down a little bit and give character development where it's needed. And what you just said was dumb. It was like, if you're like basically uh, Bruce Willis is on the asteroid and he calls up uh, his daughter at the end of the movie. He's like, hey, could you come up here and die for me while I go back to Earth? That's what this feels like. It's dumb. It doesn't make sense for any, like they have all these arcs that could have worked and they just do it the dumbest way possible also linda hamilton i don't like her in this movie she she's not great and annoying this is the only time i and i feel weird i feel bad saying anything about linda hamilton because i love her so much and she did so much and she's she's so much of the reason why we have so many problems with the rest of these movies and she's very big shoes to fill that no one can ever seem to do correctly this wasn't my Linda Hamilton. Like she's bitter. She's angry. She's kind of annoying. Like people are trying to have real solutions or trying to solve problems. And she's just kind of moping around. Like I, I get it. John's dead. She went through all this work to save John. John's dead. Yeah. You're bitter. I, I get that. But it's just a lot of this movie is not her being like this grizzled veteran badass that, you know, like she's learned to become. Cause again, this movie like the TV show and like half of these other movies takes place right after T2. Like this is at her peak grizzledness and everything like that for the most part. And it's just, it's just, it's whiny. It's a whiny performance for me. I feel like we both had problems with her, and I still disagreed with everything you said. The bitterness <laughs> is not the problem here. Bitterness is actually fine, and her having overcome the trauma is good. She's a little too sassy for me. Like she, she's like very like sarcastic and quippy, which is not somebody that's coming through the kind of trauma that she's been going through. And I, I the performance does not feel like Sarah Connor. Like absolutely, she should be bitter. She should be like. Terminators took everything from her and like the world will never know who her son was because that timeline is dead. The fact that the timeline is dead and that everybody that from the future that she that was trying to get saved will never know John Connor as like this big hero that he was supposed to be because she was giving birth to the hero of humanity. That's a big thing to lose. And for her to just be quippy after that is where it bothers me. It doesn't seem like the, she doesn't seem like she's going through PTSD. It doesn't seem like she's going through trauma. She just seems like a mean woman and that's She's it and time to deal with was already a mean woman she looks like a badass mean woman she but uh this this felt like it was written for clint eastwood and not for uh linda hamilton it is i i, I don't understand this performance at all but then again it's she's working with what she was given and she wasn't given much because of this screen this screenplay is terrible it's a big swing you want to do something different. The problem with wanting to do something different, and we've talked about this before, is if you want to do something different, do something different. And they tried to. They tried to tell a different timeline, a different story. And I think there's something there that could have worked. Yeah, the problem in, in doing that is bringing back the old characters. Like You yes. can't get far away if you're still being pulled back by the old characters. Look, we all love Arnold. We all love Linda Hamilton. We want them in these movies but do a story around them. You know, they can be them older. There could be a reason why that they're there together. There's a movie there too that could have happened. I don't think it's going to happen now. But there's a movie, you know, five years ago when this came out that that could have happened. You could have brought them back. You could have made it a story around them 
to make something work, but you chose to go a completely different way that didn't need either of them. And you could have made just a cool movie in the Terminator universe, but you were weighed down. And it's weird to say weighed down with those two names attached to it, but you were weighed down by the characters that you brought along with you. It's weird how we keep getting so close and I keep disagreeing with the stuff you're saying. They should not, they should not have, I've, I've said pretty much since the first episode that we did at Terminator that, uh, Arnold should not have been past the first movie. It makes zero sense. And he's pigeonholed into it. And this one was once again, pigeonholed because the James Cameron's like, Arnold's my friend, give him a role in this movie. And, and because they had actually talked about doing the movie without Arnold, which would have been the smartest thing they could do. I think when they were, when Linda Hamilton was younger, they could have done a three and a four following Sarah Connor, have John somewhere kept safe and just like out of the way, because there's no interesting way to do, john connor really he's either overly like crazy like tough or he's a wuss and uh neither of them are that interesting of ideas but sarah connor trying to usher in the future for her son maybe even trying to protect him from having to be the savior he's supposed to be is an interesting way to go arnold shouldn't be in these movies the way they pigeonhole him (laughs) in this is the dumbest way they have pigeonholed him into any of the movies ever so far this is so so dumb it makes zero sense uh arnold apparently even though in the first movie they explicitly said it was like a last ditch effort to send one terminator through and they had a last ditch effort to send one kyle reese through uh somehow now in this timeline they sent like a billion different terminators to different parts of the world so uh (laughs) sarah connor could trauma bond over them but uh when this Arnold did his mission, it goes back. They said they ignored Terminator 3, but they still went with, I need my purpose without purpose. I got to make new purpose kind of shit. And I, I already yeah. went out of the accent because this movie bogs me so much. Uh, <laughs> where like, as soon as he, he finished killing John, he's like, oh, no purpose. I'm going to I'm gonna retire. I'm going to become a daddy. Who's your daddy and what does he do? Uh, just <laughs> This doesn't make sense because the whole point of the Terminator franchise is that once AI machines get sentience, they're going to kill us. So it would make sense that after he's done his thing, he doesn't go, oh, I'm going to be a daddy. He'd be like, okay, how can I make sure that the machines take over later on? How can I ensure that Skynet or, oh, this new Legion thing, I'm hearing something about Legion now. (laughs) How can I make sure that their machines are doing well in the future? Instead, he goes and lives in the wood and like, I feel bad for killing John. So I'm sending Sarah some little messages here and there to go take out new Terminators that probably look like me because the screenwriters aren't creative. And then just she's <laughs> constantly killing Terminators, which affect that she's getting older and older and she's constantly killing new Terminators is stupid to me. <laughs> she's figured it out, man. She's dialed in the formula. She's killed a bunch by now. So here's my thing. I'm going to agree with pretty much everything that you said. I'm and right. then I'm going to put a, I'm going to put a comma. I'm going to put the word, yeah. but at the end of it because it doesn't make sense it's dumb it's a really dumb way to pigeonhole arnold into this movie i love arnold's performance in this movie (laughs) i think he is great in this movie this is my favorite instance of arnold outside of the first two movies oh my god (laughs) it doesn't make sense yeah you're right it's awful it shouldn't work dad terminator arnold does it for me He's hilarious, man. He's living no, life. He's got... off. Does he work? <laughs> it works for me, man. It may not work for the movie, but it works for me. Like, he's living in Texas. He's got all the guns. He's making a joke about how he can have all the guns he wants in Texas. 
hilarious. He's wearing a flannel shirt. It's ridiculous. It's stupid. It doesn't make sense. I like Arnold in this movie. When he joins up with them, he's just like the the happy-go-lucky dad on the road trip that's just there to make sure everyone's safe. And is it a Terminator? No, but it's fun. And I'm, I'm not... No, I, I think it's funny. I think it's a big joke, whether intentional or not intentional, uh, that works for me. It's not going to work for everyone. Every criticism that you had about it is valid. But it's enjoyable for me. That's my favorite Arnold outside of T1 and T2. The reason why Arnold started to develop a personality in T2 is because they actually did something with his... I think there was like some kind of chip that made him learn better or whatever. I can't remember exactly what the details were. But they explained it. It wasn't like, after we finish our missions, we become jolly good guys. Well, that's a pretty good to get a beer with. Like, there's no that in there. He should be. He should still be very much machine, not making jokes. I can. I can maybe get past the the new Terminator. I think he's called a Red Nine or something like that, making yeah. jokes because he's an updated Terminator. He has a new personality. They all have different personalities, but he is a T101 model T800, and there is no reason for him to be developing any type of a personality at all because he's not trying there's no reason for he wasn't reprogrammed for that it's dumb he's written like a marvel character which is like a, i i get that tim miller worked on the deadpool movies but that's not a, <laughs> that, that doesn't give you an excuse for that shit that the shit that works in deadpool does not work coming out of arnold's mouth in these movies they were coming oh, out of his works. mouth if you were doing a commando sequel if they were doing a commando sequel you wrote arnold perfect but if you're doing a terminator sequel you wrote arnold abysmally and i i, I just hate he's constantly trying to get sarah's approval i hate that like she should uh, it you know she goes from wanting to kill him to like uh, kind of like him want to give him a big hug and it's been less than 24 hours she's been living with john's death i think for 25 years and under 24 hours this terminator not only is acting human but apparently he's charming enough to win over linda hamilton and less than jack bauer couldn't charm over somebody that quickly it is insane totally makes sense for me because arnold is that charming they spent Arnold, 24 baby, hours. They spent a day with Dad 800, and he just won everybody over. And I get it, because anytime he's on the screen, he is magical. And I don't care what you say. I don't care about your reasoning and your logic. It is fun, and it makes perfect sense in the fact that it's fun, despite it not making any sense as far as Terminator and the world goes. Uh as far as Terminators and the Terminator that we get in this one, the Rev-9. How do you feel about the Rev-9? I actually think that's a good innovation on the Terminator. It's cool. He, he's good. Uh, I, I, I turned down his quirkiness a little bit because he still is a little too personable. But for the most part, I like his performance. And I like his new gimmick is good in that he can like separate some of himself out. And then he gets like one that looks pretty normal. And then one that looks like a little bit more hollowed out Terminator. But he can almost duplicate with the the way that he's built. And that was like, Oh, something new and clever has happened. And I like the look of it. Like nothing will ever be as good as, as T 1000, even though that's not my favorite movie. T 1000 is the best Terminator that we have ever gotten in the entire franchise. But, uh, even though it's not as slick as that, it's still pretty cool with the black. It's like nanite storm liquid thing. I don't understand exactly, but it's like, he can make new exoskeletons, 
pretty cool. And I watching this again, it's like I might actually like this movie because the freeway chase sequence is badass. Like yeah, I absolutely just... love that sequence. I like the look of the way, like when the nanites like pull off of his skin and he's got the exoskeleton and the nanites like separately, like that opens up a lot of cool possibilities. And I love the way that he's constantly just turning into knives and calling knives out of himself. The, the scene when they're in like the, the detention center after they get caught trying to catch the, trying to cross the border is insane. Like it's such a well done scene with the rev nine. Like, they open up the all the cages that the people are in and it's just absolute chaos and he's coming flying in looking for Danny and in the meantime all the border patrol agents are trying to stop him and he's just mowing through them and there's one scene that I thought was so cool is one of my favorite scenes in the movie where there's like 10 guys on him and they're all like pushing opposite and he's just pushing the pile and you don't see him moving at all but you see all the knives coming out of his shoulder and his back and everything like that and murdering all these people that is awesome, and that is a really cool use of this new uh, Terminator technology. Yeah, he, he was mostly good. I'm not going to complain too much about him, although he's not utilized right in the dumb airplane action sequence, which I absolutely hate. Yeah, but, uh, he, he, he was good good at the detention facility, even though uh, Grace breaks out really fucking easy and everything's like everything's too overpowered with her. She's not, and if you're going to have an overpowered character, you got to write it like Superman, where there's something interesting about them and why they're not why they're holding you back. She Superman's not interesting. Superman's Bad example. Very interesting. Superman's very interesting when you know how to write him. They didn't know how to write Grace. She was overpowered and uninteresting. Uh, he, he, he's mostly good, although I do have problems with one thing. Wi-Fi existed when this movie was came out. It came out in 2019. It's not that old. There's, yeah. It's weird to me that he has to go all the way into like the cable company in order to hack into their <laughs> wiring and get their <laughs> access to their cameras. At the very least, he should be able to go to like a, a camera on the street or whatever and stick his, his nanites or whatever in there, and then he'll have access to everything. But and realistically, I thought when they're talking, Sarah Connor's like he'd probably have access to the cameras. I thought he was going to use Wi-Fi. And then I see him actually go to the cable company to get control of their cameras. I'm like, this is stupid. This, this is future technology, and they still not wireless yet. I do like the look though of when he's like tapping in the things and stuff like that. Like he's typing on the keyboard, like he's just doing real work. And then you see like the nanites like slowly like going out into the computer and the circuits and stuff like that. Like it visually, it looks cool. That was. That was when uh, he was taken over for the drone. But when he initially is using the cameras, he's not even touching the computers. He literally goes to the cable company and just grabs a bunch of wires. And he's like nanited into the wires. Like you could have done that anywhere. It would have been more efficient. You probably would have caught up to Sarah before they could get anywhere near the border. But instead, you're like, I got to go to the cable company. I don't believe in doing long distance. It's it's too uh, it's too expensive for Legion for me to be doing that. So I got to go to the fucking source. I will say, too, my only complaint with him is as a quote unquote person, when he's just his normal uh, face, it's not very menacing. There's nothing like eerie about him or like nothing off. Like Robert Patrick's not particularly like scary. Like when you look at he him, stuff like alien. that. But there's like something about him that just seems off. And there's nothing about this guy that feels, you know, menacing or off or anything like that. It just seems like a normal guy until he splits with his nanites. I think they were counting on him on him being Mexican, scaring white people. 
So white people saw this and like, this is what this is why I don't want Mexicans crossing the border. <laughs> They're terrifying like this. So it, this was geared towards white people, and because they you're Hispanic, you're like, hey, yeah, that could that guy could be like my cousin or something. Nothing scary about that. Well, like if I went and saw this with my family, they were shaking their boots, <laughs> shitting themselves, like this is everybody's greatest fear. This is this is why we have this is why we're not taking down a razor wire because we can't get the Rev Nines coming over, bringing all their their blades and shit. It's it's a fun take. I like them being in Mexico. I like them using Latin actors. I like it's just a fun like different setting than what we've got. And it's not despite them being in a desert trying to cross the border. It's not like the huge salvation set where it's just this big vast empty desert for the entirety of the movie like the locations are cool them going through the different locations are cool the runway you think would work really well when they're on the airplane later in the movie does it work as well as you probably think that it would but for the most part like the locations and the scenes and everything that they choose to use like it works well like visually this is a very visually appealing movie it's another thing that this movie does right is the tonality and the look and everything feels right it's closer than some of the movies in look, I'll say. Like the look of the Terminator, some of the way, some of the action scenes are done, but the look does change when they have to go full CGI, plane going crazy, yeah. and that action sequence is abysmal. And this is towards the end of the movie, and like everything at that point, like I can't give anything a pass. Even even the one good character, which is the Reb Nine, uh, can't save that garbage scene. It's just <laughs> physics are going all over the place. They're doing explosions all over the place. The one thing that was so good, I mean, it might be because it's a product of its time and they didn't have the effects that they could do just ragdoll physics and make everybody just defy gravity. There's a reason why it's hard to do an entry in this franchise now because technology's gotten too good. People's expectations of what everything can happen in a movie is so outlandishly out there that they don't feel like they can set people down for a movie that has real-ish physics where they can have people ragdolling in a fucking plane they can have sarah connor who's a pretty old woman now they're frail get pulled down a waterfall in a vehicle and still be fucking okay or it's a dam even i think that's even worse she goes down a dam in the vehicle and has no problem nobody's even knocked out for a second when that happens it's just they they, they forgot what made these movies work and was practical action and they're capable of practical action just they want everything to be everything needs to be topping what the newest marvel movie is doing now so they went that route and this feels like an x-men movie towards the end except for we have augmented lady chick uh and arnold which honestly another bad thing too many specialized protagonists against one specialized bad guy. Another hit in against his favor. And like I've said, one man versus machine is an interesting way. Now they have uh, Sarah Connor, badass. They have Danny's there. They have uh, uh, actual Terminator T-800. They have augmented superpower chick against a machine. It's like way too lopsided on how many protagonists we should be having in this movie. It's just a testament to how strong the Rev-9 is and how far the Terminator technology has come that it takes all of these people and the will of Danny, the future leader of the free world, to come together to take this Terminator death. What the plane scene reminded me of, it felt like a straight-to-TV version of Fast and the Furious when they're on the never-ending runway because they're fighting, you got the cars, they end up dropping a car out of the back of the plane, but 
it just looks so bad in this movie. Like when the plane starts going down and everything's just kind of floating around. Like I understand the zero gravity and the G's and all that stuff like that, but none of it makes sense. Like at all the way people are moving and stuff's flying around everywhere. It, it's an interesting scene and it kind of feels out of place. Not that the rest of the movie's grounded by any means or anything like that, but that little 10, 15 minute sequence is just so outlandish and the poor CGI does nothing to give to help it at all. It felt like the A Team movie to me. That's what kept coming to my mind. Except for I kind of enjoyed the A Team movie. I kind of enjoyed the A Team movie, but it was it was that one was the ridiculousness of the plane sequence and that worked with the ridiculous tone of that movie. This is a Terminator movie, and I know I gave Genesis a pass on its ridiculousness, but this one just it, it didn't sell me on the ridiculousness on it well enough. So it was awful. Then it goes into the damn scene. The damn scene was damn terrible. Uh, and then uh, of course we have, I've gone over it. Grace sacrifices herself. They're like talking about how she has to, her power cord or her power supply is something that they can use to EMP, yeah, EMP the fucking Terminator. <laughs> and I hate that. It's, it's, it's already bad enough that she's going back to the past to save her basically surrogate mother. It already seems like they're they're twisting the trope around in a way that does not work. Uh, Works fine. It's dumb. It's it, it's not. I think you're being overcritical. It, it's it's not that weird. It's not that weird to send someone back in time to fulfill a duty. Like that is what she wants to do. We, People are willing to die for leaders. That's in realistic yeah. lives and Terminator lives, and she's willing to do it. She's willing to go back not, time, knowing that she's gonna die. Like that, not, and that's totally fine. That's admirable. It's not just a leader. It's like her surrogate mother. You would not send your daughter back in time to save you. You'd be like, yeah, I'm fucking dead. Kill me. She's her surrogate mother, not her actual mother. This is a clear case of Grace loves her way more than she loves Grace. So you're saying that surrogate parents can't be real parents. So you're saying everybody that's had adopted parents, they're not the real parents. And it doesn't matter because the blood is thicker than water. And if you don't have my blood, you're not part of my family. I don't know that's why I went redneck for you because I, I you're not. <laughs> that's the Latino in me. <laughs> no, but I mean, there's a thing that could possibly be there that, you know, she, maybe she didn't realize how much that Grace really meant to her until she was pulling her heart out to finally kill the day the Rev 9. She helped raise her from a child. She should fucking know. Then that just, if she didn't realize She raised that, an entire generation, Josh. She raised an entire resistance. If she didn't realize that, then she's not an interesting character because she's like so fucking dense that she can't pick up on it. So like either she either she's a bad parent or she's a dense parent. She's one of those two. And it's an awful, awful idea that Arnold, like uh, Sarah Connor actually comes around like in the midst of the climax. So she's like, Carl, I'm going to call you Carl. And Arnold doesn't wake up until she calls him Carl. You got to get wake up and save her. And it's just like Arnold wakes up and like gets his face all smashed up. The fact that he responds because Sarah's finally saying his name right is awful. Machine should not respond by stupid names that they came up. And Carl is the dumbest fucking name I've ever heard. <laughs> Coral. <laughs> I love it so much. I love Carl Arnold. I think it, it's so funny. It works for me. Arnold is the reason why 
Danny developed in that leader, like she didn't understand what it meant. She didn't know what family felt like until she saw Arnold Terminator that gave up everything to become a family man. That's when she figured it out. It makes total sense to me. Oh, we got to talk about how they how they did the lines, uh, the Terminator lines in this movie, because every single movie has a uh, come with me if you want to live and I'll be back. And this one decided to turn it up on their head. And the the first one was terrible. It is like Grace is saving uh, Danny from being killed by a machine that looks like her father. She shot her shot him up and she's like, come with me or you'll be dead in 30 seconds. Not as catchy. Not it, not very good. Come with me or if you want to live is great. Come with me or you'll be dead in 30 seconds. Eh, I don't see that making the zeitgeist. And it's been like five years since it came out, so it definitely did not make the zeitgeist. And then Arnold, I'll give him a pass. The one good line he has in this entire movie is when he told his daughter and his, his wife that he apparently couldn't have sex with. So maybe John Connor in Sarah Connor Chronicles had not have sex with Summer Glau because uh, Arnold didn't put out. Uh, he says, I told them I won't be back. <laughs> the one good line in the entire movie. He's got just a plethora of good lines. His one-liners are on point. Comedic Dad Arnold is great, despite how much you hate it. I think, I think it works about perfectly. about the drapes in the kids' room. Like, we were seeing <laughs> Arnold. He's a Terminator. He's a killing machine. His, the kind of robot he is called is a Terminator. And then no. he's making, he's like, you can't, he wanted to do uh, solid colored drapes. I told him, no, you need drapes with unicorns and stars on them. Like, no, this is not what I I've, want. I'm a Terminator. I fucking I hate this so much. Completely 100% disagree. Like, like right after they leave, when they're leaving in his drape van and they get to the, they're delivering majors, delivering the EMP. Uh, and he's like, who's this guy? He's like, I do drapes. <laughs> It's great. It's fun, dude. It's the most fun I've had in this franchise outside of the first two movies. By the way, I also don't like the fact that uh, Sarah Connor has uh, hookups in the military. It's too fucking high. In the second movie, she has like people doing underground shady shit. And now she's 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 wanted for murder. She's done crazy fucking shit. It's like she's America. She has had an episode of America's most wanted coming back to Fox soon. She had an episode of America's most wanted about her. And somehow she has military contract contacts and not just any military contacts. He is in charge of the fucking base. So when they see them drive their Jeep onto the stupid plane for the stupid sequence, he's like, stand down. This woman's a badass bitch. And she's with me. Like that, that should not happen. They should, they, you can have like a grunt. You can have like some, cause there are, you can have like some guy that seems like he's a, a, a Vincent Conspiracy. A Vincent D'Onofrio on full metal jacket that's gone fully unhinged. Uh, that's the kind of person that she should be like hanging out with, who should be her friend. A fucking piles, not not a fucking army general or whatever the fuck his rank was. Too high, but- too ridiculous. Sarah Connor, especially this Sarah Connor, does not have the charisma of a Sarah Connor in Terminator 2. That Sarah Connor, I believe, could get some military contacts, but she wouldn't do it because she doesn't trust the fucking government. It just doesn't make sense to me, like that whole character in her hookup. Like, they don't explain, they don't take any effort to discuss how they became friends or what their attachment is at all. They just throw it out there because they needed to get an EMP. And it's another thing that felt rushed. Um, It's just weird. I I at first thought the first time I saw this that it was uh, 
Miles Dyson's son. Maybe that's just racist because it was a black character. That could be possibly me. That but that, that that was the only thing to me. I was like, where'd this guy come from? How does she know this guy? We don't know what they've been doing. But for in my mind, I was like, well, they have a connection. They, they've done something. They have this. This was a long time ago. He's probably old, but there's no way that works in any timeline, despite me trying to piece it together. So it really is just some random dude that she's met over the years killing Terminators. And it just doesn't make sense at all. Yeah, and I made sure that it wasn't his last name wasn't Dyson. It's Major Dean, Major no. Dean. So that that unless unless he married and changed his name because this was a new movement and he could yeah. be a more progressive guy. He's definitely uh, not related to Miles Dyson at, at all. <laughs> that was the only thing that just made sense. But yeah, there, there's a lot of things in this movie that feel rushed and don't feel like they're put together right and it's not a short movie it's not right at 90 minutes it's a little bit over and i feel like they could have either cut some stuff out maybe a little bit of the early stuff in the movie or possibly made this movie go a little bit longer because this movie actually didn't drag there's some talking some exhibition but uh exposition but i've had fun with this movie at no point did i go ah this movie's boring i want this movie to be over like i have with some of the other movies in this franchise so the pacing wasn't the issue the issue was there's a lot of things that are started and not explained there are a lot of things that seem like they were started and forgot about that were just kind of tied up at the end there's just no cohesion that doesn't mean that this movie's not fun or that there's not good scenes in this movie it just means that this movie just wasn't well put together there's Again, I feel like I say this every week when we do these Terminator movies. It's like there's a good movie in here somewhere. I do. And for the most part, for the most part, I believe that about most of the movies in this franchise. Like you can see where a movie would be good. Unfortunately, none of these movies outside of the first two ever get close to the potential that they have. And this one with just a little bit more love, a little bit more care, more fun Arnold, I think could have been a good movie. I was with you for a little bit, and then you said more fun. Arnold. I don't think I don't think Sarah or Arnold should be in this movie. And actually, I do think that there's a good story where they, in order to stop Legion, which I think Legion is a dumb name. It's it's too nefarious to be the fucking bad guy's name. Skynet is a perfect <laughs> machine name. Skynet works. Legion's too like on the fucking notes. But uh, if they had to actually like. I, I like the idea of main characters from Mexico that actually have to cross over to America just because America is like bullheaded and stupid and jackasses and like reckless with their uh, technology. They have to cross over into America to try to stop the future of the machines. I think there's a story there and they kind of get bits and pieces of there. Like there's almost something here, but it's just not quite working for me. And I do think it could also be commentary on like, we don't have the greatest relationship with immigrants and they can maybe show like, uh, immigrants coming over that are more heroic light and it wouldn't it, i don't think it'd feel like pandering to have good yeah. representation of hispanics crossing over i think that'd like be a good thing to do and instead they're like we're gonna we're gonna give you a hispanic character but we're gonna sideline her for all these white people the entire <laughs> movie and like the the hispanic character that gets the most interesting uh screen time is gonna be the villain <laughs> Can we also talk about Danny watched her dad and brother die at the beginning of this movie within like 15 minutes of each other. And like they give this whole like five minute intro about how much she loves her family and how important they are. They die almost immediately. And then not even 10 minutes later, she's completely unfazed. At no point do we ever see her cope with the loss of her brother and dad. 
Like she never stops to like reflect on what happened. She never has like a moment like I can't believe that happened. She's just immediately fully wrapped up in buying into this new future. Yeah, so the future hero of the human race is a sociopath is what you're getting at. That's why she doesn't care about grace. So if you think of it in that light, it all comes back in the same point. She's a leader, but she's not necessarily thinking the best interest for everyone. There's ways, again, there's ways you spin this. This movie could be really good. But she cares about Sarah for no fucking reason. Because she risks her life multiple times for Sarah Connor. Because Sarah is the mom figure that she didn't have. Because we don't see mom early on in the movie. We see dad, we see brother. So she understands mother figures as long as she's not the mother figure. (laughs) Exactly. So she's a narcissist. Yeah, she's definitely a narcissist. It has to be about her. She has to get a lot of world leaders are. She has to get her mother figure, and then uh, and then uh, Grace gets doesn't get any of hers. And I still am so bothered by the fact that you're like, oh no, let's not give Grace any any character development. Let's just ignore that and have her be badass machine lady. The fact that you ignored that and you thought is so fucking weird to me. No one gets any character development. I can't I just put it on her. So I'm, I'm, I'm agreeing with you. I'm not saying like, oh, I can't believe she didn't get any character development, but that's clearly wasn't the route that they were going with this movie. Our main character, the person that starts the whole resistance, Danny, gets zero character development. She so it makes sense that no, one, that no one else in this movie gets any real character development. It, it but weird. I'm okay with it because Grace is a badass. She's imposing. She's doing cool shit. That final fight when they're all doing stuff together and she's got the chain with the hook. And she's like spinning it super fast and like throwing it out. Like that's a cool scene. Like that's I fun. That I hate that scene. They're, they're <laughs> you hate fun. Like, they're all just hanging out and it's like waiting for the Terminator instead of just like, they're like, I'll take you all. And they're the group against the one Terminator, which is completely. Very cool. Avengers. It makes them Very Avengers. They're all standing yeah. in their badass poses. While in the first two movies, it was like fight and flight at the same time. We were like, you'd stand your ground for like a second, and then you have to be on the move. There was none of that. They had a confrontation against this guy, which seems totally off, off entirely. I I, I, I I hate that scene at all so much. I do believe she it looks was cool. cast. I do believe she was cast well. She does well for what she can do. But they didn't give her anything to work with, so I don't. I'm not blaming the actress because I think she, she did good with what she was doing. Yeah, with what she was given, and she is believable as a badass. But she's a terribly written character, and she should have at the very least had some kind of trauma cover from the future. Instead, she just full on badass 100 percent of the time. And I don't find that interesting. There's a reason why nobody has ever been a better person to time travel back into the past than Kyle Reese because he had trauma and he had badassness. You need to mix that to make your characters interesting, and they forgot about that. I, I almost worry, and I hope this isn't coming off too right wing, that they wanted to make her too badass because of like the Me Too movements on there. We got to write like a badass woman, but you also can write badass woman with some nuance, and they forgot the nuance. Well, they forgot a lot. Like I think they really did intend to write a badass woman, per- perhaps two badass women, if you factor in Grace and Danny. But and they Sarah didn't Connor. take any. But Sarah Connor's yeah. Great. Yeah, but Sarah Connor, I mean, she's not really, she loses some of her agency. I mean, she's still a badass. She's still Sarah Connor. She still looks like a badass, but she's nowhere near, you know, the Sarah Connor of old or, you know, the grizzled what you think Sarah Connor would be, you know, 20 years after everything happened. But it's just, I feel it's just a miss. I, I hate it because like, like I said, I, I think this is a fun movie, but I think there's a legitimate good 
movie in here, like a good movie in the Terminate you Terminator universe that was somewhere in this. I like I like I said, I love the different cultures. I love, you know, a new John Connor this time, a new resistance, and now we have a strong female lead. Like there's so many things I like about this world that was setting up. It's just may not have been the right writer to do it, may not have been the right director to do it, because none of it comes together. It comes together to be a fun movie, but that doesn't necessarily mean it comes together to be a good movie. All right. Is there anything else that we need to get on with the movie or are you ready to give our ratings? I am ready to be done with the Terminator movies that aren't the first two. Well, we're about ready to do the franchise ranking too. But before we can get into that, Jesse is Terminator Dark Fate, a bloody good film. Well, if you've been listening along with us through this Terminator journey, then you know what I felt about the other movies, and I don't want to spoil my ranking just yet, but this is the most fun that I've had in Terminator since the first two movies. I actually really enjoyed this movie. It kept me entertained. I didn't feel like it was shitting all over me and my love for Terminator like some of the other movies did. I appreciate them going a different route. Are there issues with this movie? Hell yes. There's quite a bit of issues. I think you miss out on a strong main character. You miss out on different storylines that you could have explored by developing these characters, these new characters that you have. Because I do, for the most part, like the idea behind all of the new characters. I like the Rev-9. I like Grace. I like Danny. I like the story that they could have had in themselves. But by bringing in your original characters from the first movies, you hog tie yourself in a way that you can't really develop new characters because you have to give screen time to Arnold and Lyndall Hamilton. Like, there's no way to avoid it. Lyndall, people are going to the movies. People are interested in this Terminator movie because they're both back. And I remember when this movie came out, that was a huge selling point, is we have Linda Hamilton back. So you want to see it because you want to see how they use her. And... The way they're used is not the way that they should be used. The way that Arnold and Linda Hamilton, that that's not them. Sarah Connor, that's this is not the Sarah Connor that I wanted to see. This is not the final iteration of Arnold in Terminator that I wanted to see. But we've said it before, and I've said it on this podcast. I love fun Arnold. I love comedy Arnold. I love joking Arnold. And watch Kindergarten Cop. I love feeling Arnold, and it doesn't make sense that he feels... That's not what a Terminator would do. That's not how it would actually happen. And James Cameron's original vision for this world, Terminator falling in love and having a family and dealing with the pain of killing John Connor and the regret and all like, that doesn't exist. He doesn't care. In James Cameron's world, he wants Terminator to kill him and be done. Your mission is complete. That's it. You don't go and find your second life after your mission is complete. I understand that. Yes, that's a wrong. Yes, that's kind of disrespectful a little bit to the franchise. But Arnold being Arnold is fun, man. Him being a dad, making dad jokes. His name is Carl, for God's sakes. Even that in and of itself is funny to me. Worst I think he's ever. great. The Rev-9, I think, is really cool. The nanite technology that they got going on. I think it looks really cool. For the most part, outside of a couple of scenes, this movie is very visually appealing. I like the way it looks. Like, when Arnold's fighting him at the top of like the water tower and he like rips his skin off of his arm and you just like slowly see the skin peeling away, like that's a cool shot. It's a cool look. The fight it's scenes not are cool. After a good rank, wank, so I don't really think it's that impressive. <laughs> uh, the action I think is really well done, and there's a lot of cool things in this movie. 
it doesn't come together the way that I would hope. I, I will swear by the fact that this is the closest to being an actual good Terminator movie that we've gotten. Um, it's not a great movie by any stretch of the imagination, but this one is watchable. And the reason it's watchable is because it's fun. There's a good movie somewhere. You got to find it. You got to overcome a couple of things. But for the most part, it looks good. It's fast paced. And it Arnold is fun as Arnold. Uh, I'm going to do it. I, I wrestled with this a little bit. I didn't want to call any other movie in this franchise good. When I saw this movie, I didn't like it nearly as much as I did this time. But I'm going to go out on a limb and say that there is now three good Terminator movies in this franchise. There are three. This is a, this this is a, this is a bloody good film. Fuck you. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I am so blown away by all this. Uh, the, the, I'm going to start off with a little bit of positive, just to so change it up so people don't just think of a bitter old man. Uh, you are. I do think this actually does have the best action sequence since the second movie. So I will give the freeway chase sequence is extremely solid and it had me second guessing my opinion. And actually, I, after rewatching this, I did raise the star rating on my letterbox from a half a star up to two stars. So you can see that I did, I did like reevaluate it honestly. I'm like, okay, there are moments in this. There's that, that moment and uh, a little bit of the deten- like five seconds of the detention center, and then everything else in this movie bothers the hell out of me. I think uh, so much of this is shitting on what uh, Jim Jimmy Boy Cameron did. No, Jimmy <laughs> Jimmy Cameron did in the first two movies, even he, like. I'll admit I have problems with the second movie, but the first movie is is like a five star perfect movie. So uh, it shits on those. Uh, Linda Hamilton, I was so excited to see her back in this movie when I saw yep. the trailer. Like they're finally going to do a Terminator movie, right? And uh, I was fooled again. Uh, uh, <laughs> apparently, because apparently there's been so many times like fool me once, shame on on me, on you. Fool me one, two, four times, shame on me. <laughs> So like yeah, Is that a George Bush quote. <laughs> exactly. So, so it, it's bad. Uh, this has been one of the hardest franchises that we've gone through on this podcast yeah, because the, the quality of these drops off so damn hard. I think the only franchise that we have that's going to be harder than this is maybe the Hellraiser franchise. Is a Terminator movies are hard to make apparently unless they ask me because I, 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 I could make a good Terminator movie. I have ideas. Jimmy, call me. I can do it. For, just let me write it. Let me get the ideas out here. I got it. Uh, uh, this is everybody's overly powerful and then they go up against a Terminator that should be badass but apparently everybody feels like standing their own ground. Very Texas-like and going up against the fucking Terminator in the in the finale of it plane sequence is terrible all the other action sequences that are not the car chase at the beginning are terrible Uh, there could have been some some commentary here i actually do did think that like there could have been some good social commentary uh like humanizing immigrants coming into america and instead they're like we we didn't mean to do commentary we just wanted to uh, hire uh, (laughs) brown people and we thought that would be enough uh hollywood do better. Uh, this movie is a bloody, it's not the worst movie. I'm not going to say that, but it's a bloody pretty bad film. I can't right. believe it. it's been a while. That's a big disagreement. That's like four or five places on the bloody good film scale. All right. Uh, speaking of placements, uh, we are going to give our ranking of the entire franchise 
Do you have yours ready, Jesse? Oh, yeah, of course. So, Terminator 2 is the greatest movie of all time. Wait, wait, we're going to go reverse order. Oh, we're going to go reverse order. Six. Six. You you already ruined your number number one, which listeners of the podcast... I I ruined it years ago when we did it for our favorite movies. Episode 52, we did our Terminator episode, or Terminator 2 episode. Uh, by the way, I listened back to that recently. I said fuck a little bit too much. I'm bringing you that back days. a little bit. <laughs> so, but uh, so I guess it's not a spoiler, but what's your number six? Uh, my number six is Rise of the Machines. I hate that movie with a passion. Okay, before we started this franchise, I thought that Dark Fate was going to be my number six. I have changed my ranking to Rise of the Machines as well. It's pretty fucking abysmal. It's awful. You want to talk about shitting on a franchise. That's just 90 minutes of shitting all over everything. I don't think it's shitting. I just think it's boring. It's not an interesting movie. It's not done well. But I don't feel like, unlike Dark Fate, which actually seems like an attack on the franchise, which they deliberately shit on parts of the franchise, (laughs) at least Dark Fate has a scene or two that works. Number five. Uh, Number five is going to be my WB version of Terminator, which is Terminator Genesis. Uh, There's a couple of Fun parts, but for the most part, I hate ninety percent of this movie as well. I thought we agreed that one was pretty decent. Uh, my number oh. five is Dark Fate, and uh, listen to this episode. If you haven't listened to it yet, you skipped too far. Uh, <laughs> I had some bad things to say about it. Number four. Uh, number four for me is going to be Terminator Salvation. Uh, I had a lot more fun with this movie when I watched it than I had remembered having. That still doesn't mean it's good. Again, this falls into the, there's a good Terminator movie in here somewhere. And I mean, I like Christian Bale. I like the cast. There was things about this movie that I could get behind, but unfortunately 90% of it just takes place in a big empty desert. And the Terminator stuff's really not that cool in this one. I think I went the opposite of like, I remembered it being more better than, <laughs> better than more better. Nice. <laughs> but it was more better and then it ended up disappointing. Like I never thought it was great, but I remember like thinking it was decent. And it was, this time around it was like, eh, not the worst, but yeah, definitely a same number four. I'm the same with salvation. Number three, and I think I, I think I can piece together our rankings from here. What's your number three? <laughs> number three is Dark Fate. Fuck I had you. so much fun with this movie this time around. I don't get it. I love it. Uh, my number three is Genesis, which I think is a genuinely fun movie, just a dumb Terminator sequel. Yeah, it's dumb. You got that part right. Number two. Number two. I think this is where the world knows what our rankings are at this point. Number two is The Terminator. Uh, The greatest horror adaptation in the Terminator franchise. A great slasher film. Great Arnold. For me, number two is Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Uh, Just so you know... I ranked this at three and a half stars. There are no, there's only one that in this franchise that ranks over four stars. Cause this movie ha- is great characters. I'd say T1000, Sarah Connor and T800, but it's brought down by Edward Furlong pretty damn hard. He gets way oh too much God. screen time. He should have been like Danny see, well, not even seen, put a bag over his head, be it around, but not speaking. We do a really good job on this podcast of being unbiased and just giving our honest opinions. But anytime you talk about Terminator 2, your biasy just shows so much with your hate for Edward Furlong. Uh, Terminator 2 is the best movie in this franchise. No. 
the Terminator is great. It's horror, it's suspense, it's everything we love in this podcast. But Terminator 2 is a near-perfect movie and the greatest action movie of all time, in my opinion. Even with Edward Furlong and his youngness, doesn't bother me. It works. He works with Arnold, despite everything that you say, to the opposite. It's just a great movie. Turn back to our favorite movie episode so you can see how much I gush over that movie every time we talk about it. I don't understand how Hasta La Vista, baby, got into the zeitgeist. It's so weird. I mean, admittedly, admittedly, as a kid, I love saying it, but as an adult, like <laughs> Edward Furlong taught Arnold to speak like an idiot. Uh, the Terminator <laughs> is the best movie in the franchise. This is the only five-star movie. Man Against Machine instead of man or machine against better machine or another machine against not as good machine or machines against a bunch of men or machines and machines time traveling craziness or machine against a machine that can duplicate and then they got an augmented human never matches up against man versus machine because that's like a thesis of like where things are interested and then they convoluted it with nonsense the terminator is the best movie in the franchise by a long shot. No. All right. We have finally wrapped up the Terminator franchise. This was a hard one. We're going to try to get through more franchises. Uh, We like doing them despite the fact that they're hard work, but I like arguing with Jesse. I don't know if we'll find one as divisive as this, but uh, we'll look (laughs) into it. Jesse. What are we going to be talking about next week? Josh, next week, do you feel it? Do you feel the love in the air? It is Valentine's Day. It is our lovey-dovey episode. You know what we love? We love some blood and gore. I also love some Timothy Chalamet. Dune's awesome. Dune's coming out. I like Dune, but I'm indifferent to him. He's just uh, like he's there. Like he's not. He's not <laughs> bad in it. But I'm like I, I. can't think of any other performance where I liked him. And he, and he didn't stand out in Dune. He just like shamlon through it. Alamade <laughs> through it. I almost made it sound like he was M Night Shyamalan. M Night. <laughs> so we're gonna give him another chance to see if he can uh, shamlon on his way into Josh's heart. We are doing this weird, almost teeny cannibal love romance story we are doing bones and all which i wanted to see in the theater but i can never bring myself to actually go see i'll be honest the trailer left me like lukewarm like there are parts of it that looked interesting there are parts of it that looked bad to me but i've heard enough people that thought it was going to be like a twilight type movie that left the theater scarred and disturbed and because of that i'm taking a little bit of interest but i have never seen it I'm going into this one blind, so I cannot hint to what my opinion is of this movie, but I am hoping this this is going to either be really bad or really good. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I was looking at the schedule, and there's there's one week that I'm really excited for, but this one has me like sneaky excited because I wanted to see it, and then I was kind of turned, turned off by the trailer a little bit, but then you hear people talk, and you hear certain circles talk about, hey, this movie's actually not what you think it is, and... I'm really hoping that we're going in next week with the movie that we expect and just get something totally different. So tune in next week as we try to figure out what is Bones and All. All right, the beers are empty, which means this must be the end of the episode. Thank you for listening. 
Make sure to go and follow our social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and even a little TikTok. Follow us on Spotify, iTunes, wherever it is you get your podcasts. Leave us five stars, leave us a review, and let us know what you think. Helps boost our feed in the algorithm, gets us in front of a few new people. Huge shout out to Soul Grinder for our intro and outro music. Make sure you give them a follow at Soul Grinder Official and at Marrowgate. Thank you to Alvarium.art for our podcast art. And remember, keep it bloody, buddies. Oh.